can we just can we just give these wonderful kids another hand clap? Now let's let's give God some worship for blessing us with these young people, please. Amen. I'm telling you what. These are the moments when I, I want to go out and be like, my church is better than your church. My church is better than your, you know what I'm saying? Golly. Oh, my goodness. I tell, I tell them all the time, like, I just, leaders and everybody, I'm like, we are blessed. And sometimes I don't think we understand how blessed we are. Uh, God is definitely building something here. And I am just absolutely excited to be a part of it. If this is your first time visiting, I'm Pastor Dwayne Grant here at the Body Dayton. Um, I'm just honored to have you all here. I'm glad you guys came out to support these young people. Um, man, what about, what about the dance? Worship dance. Golly. Jiminy Christmas. Uh, I just I just wish I had the confidence to do some of that stuff in front of people. You know what I mean? Like, people look and see me up here talking, and I'm like, talking is easy. You know, when you started talking about singing and dancing and all that stuff, like, golly, if I say something stupid, I just laugh it off. You know what I mean? Y'all laugh at me. They're concerned with missing a step and all that kind of stuff like that. Uh, and how about the, wait, 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 wait. I know that they would not want this, but these young people would not be what they are without the leadership that is there to help them. Pastor Ben, Miss Nyla, like, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I mean, there's, there's a, a whole gambit of people that, you know, you don't see from just mentorship that's going on. Uh, teenagers and young people who are grown, who have grown up and been in the very place that these young people are in, and now they're there uh, mentoring them. And I think that's absolutely awesome to see. Uh, yeah. So let's just, let's go ahead and just bow our heads one more time. Let's go before God. Lord God, I just, I thank you and I praise you. I honor you, Lord, for bringing us all here today. God, I pray that as we as we go into your word, Father, I pray that you would touch me, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I pray that I would decrease and that you would increase in me. And I pray, Father, that you would minister to your people. I pray that their ears would be open, their hearts would be ready to receive your word. In the name of Jesus, and we all said, amen. All right. So today it is our family service, if you have not been told. This is our family service, and typically what happens on family service is you'll see the young people kind of take charge, and, and they'll minister uh, via the worship team, and they might do something a little extra. And uh, Today, I, I got fortunate. I got fortunate to be able to preach to you on family day, because usually Chancey's like, this is my domain, and you can't have it. So I had to beg him to be able to have this opportunity no um you know because it's it's special to share the stage with these young people and can I just tell you for a second I'm actually nervous 
I told, I was like, I'm actually nervous today. And I think the reason I was nervous today is because there was so much going on and the young people were so nervous. I think I was like, oh, and I'm like feeling some of the residual. Um, so, but it's all went good. So now, you know, I'm going to settle down and I'm going to get into what God has for us today. So today when I, what I want to talk to you about is family. And my title for my message today is the family that or plays, hangs out, whatever you want to say. You can put whatever you want to put in that space, but it's the family that does these things together. It's the family that will grow stronger together. They will stay together. They will be together. Okay, so I didn't finish it because I wanted you to be able to put in there whatever you wanted to put in there. Um, but the thing that is important today is that God is, is the primary focus of that statement. Whatever we do with God, with God as the focus, that's what's going to give us a strong... <laughs> Man, come on, bruh. <laughs> that's my son up here blowing his nose like but people in the back probably can't even hear it I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry <laughs> just distracting me no okay seriously though um family is important and I believe that the world that we live in today has gotten so confused and are missing so much of the importance of family. Um, you've got reality TV throwing their hat in the game. Uh, and it's just, it gets really murky. It gets really murky on what family should look like. Uh, I know that they want to depict reality. And some of that reality is true, but I believe a lot of that reality is planned, coerced. And so therefore, we're not really getting the real deal. Today, uh, YouTube is the thing, right? So you've got your different YouTube families, you know, and they do their activities and their challenges. And it's like, yay, fun. And how real is that stuff? You know what I mean? So. Emmanuel, she had got on a big kick a few years ago, and she was like, Dad, I want to be a YouTuber. And I was like, okay, uh, go for it. And she was like, no, but I need your help. And I'm like, why do you need my help? And she's like, because, Dad, I need you to make my videos look like the ones on there. <laughs> I was like, yeah, about that. Okay, so uh, I thought to myself, if I showed her the truth, then I could help deter some of that. And, and this is what family really is. So please understand that I'm talking to you about family so that you can kind of see what it is. I'm not trying to deter her from her dream or her desire, but I want her to have a true example of what it really is so that she's not, uh, for lack of better words, deceived. So... What I did was, is I pulled up one of her favorite ones, and I can't remember what the family was. Look, she's shaking her head like, why are you doing this to me? 
You, I'm going to do you one better, just how much I love you. <laughs> if you go to... <laughs> looking into a mirror. You, you go to looking into a mirror, and you will get to see what, what my daughter managed to create. But I... I Turned on one of her favorite ones, and it was like preparation for Christmas. And we started watching it, and it was like 5 a.m. in the morning. The lady gets up, and like people start coming into her house. They're setting up cameras. She's doing hair. She finally wakes the daughter up around 8 o'clock once she's gotten all together. She wakes up the daughter and starts prepping the daughter for three hours or so. And they're setting up the kitchen and prepping this and prepping that. And Emmanuel was like... What's, what's going on? And I was like, they're prepping for the show. And she's like, no, but they just wake up and they do it. And I was like, no, no, they don't. <laughs> it's like they don't at all. And she was, I was like, and, and she was just really blown away because, you know, the show started and they had the background view and the mom's like, we're going to do such and such and blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? And the daughter's like sitting back there like this, you know, and then she's like, honey, so-and-so. And the daughter goes, you know what I mean? It's like instantly she goes from like this to like, yeah, and today we're going to, you know what I mean? And Emmanuel was just stunned. She was absolutely stunned. And she was like, all right, dad. Well, I need you to get the lights. And I did. <laughs> that did not deter her at all. So I think we got through about three videos. And, and then I was tired of editing, okay, because I was her editor. So any videos that you see, she did the recording, and I had to do the editing. And, and there was a lot of editing. And I was like, okay, honey, so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to teach you how to do this yourself. Set her down, and we, about 15 minutes, solid. And she was like, I don't want to do this. She said, you do this. And I'm like, okay, honey, you're not going to be a YouTube star. It's just not going to happen because I don't have the time. But I say this to say that when we pull our children in, when we pull our family members in, Everybody in this world is looking for reality. They're looking for something real. And if they can find it at home, they don't have to go look anywhere else. You know, they may want to be entertained by other things, but that's the thing. We have to let them know that this is real family. This is what it really looks like, right? And so how do we build that family that wants to stay together? How do we, how do we uh, cultivate that family that, that lives together, plays together, prays together, you know, and, and they always want to do it? I mean, how about this? How about the family that eats together? I mean, does that happen anymore? You know, like, and, and I'm, not, I'm not talking down to anybody because, you know, sometimes we make dinner and, and they get their plates and then they disperse. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, the, the, the table. We're going to eat at the table together. Like, you know, and they're like, for what? <laughs> Starters, I don't want food all over my house. But so let's look. I got some points for you today so that we can so that we can begin to build families, good, strong, solid families. And maybe you already have a really good, strong, solid family, 
But how do you maintain that? How do you keep that going, right? How do you pass it on? How do you, you know, you get one generation to the next generation, and you're like, how do I get my kids to understand the importance of family, to get them to carry on what's been done? First point that I want to share with you is this. We have to share our experiences. We have to share our experiences. And here's the deal. What experiences? As many experiences as you can. The good, the bad, the ugly, right? We don't ever want to share those experiences, not the ugly ones. What? I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to tell them that. That will discourage them and mess them up. Well, wait a second. What if it will help them avoid that trap? What if it will help them avoid that distraction? What if it will help them get further faster? Because I know that none are in here. I know that none of those people in here, none of the people who, who uh, make mistakes, you know what I mean, who bump their head and walk into walls repeatedly, none of those people are in here. So I know you don't have very many things to share with your children. But if you do, if you're like me and you make a mistake and you're like, you know what? Hey, listen, you don't have to make this mistake. I made this mistake. You don't have to. I was hard-headed. You don't have to be hard-headed. But then there may be some who are like, yes, yes, I do. I need to be hard-headed. I need to figure this out on my own. I have to do this. And then you're just like, have at it right? And you're there to help pick them up and, and keep them moving, which, by the way, I feel is not fair. I'm just, I'm just being transparent. <laughs> Why do I have to come and help clean up the mess you made? When I tried to tell you not to, okay, that's, look, see, look, Pastor Chancey, he's like, no, Dwayne, that is not it. That's why he, <laughs> that's why he's a family pastor and I'm not, okay? <laughs> just kidding. Let's go to the word of God, shall we? We're going to go to, to Deuteronomy chapter 4. If you'd like to join me there, I'm going to be in the New Living Translation. Deuteronomy chapter 4, New Living Translation. Chapter 4, New Living Translation. I'm going to give you a little bit of a setup. So, actually, you know what? Before we get to the scripture that we're going to read, I'm, I'm going to start at verse 5. And I'm just going to read some tidbits and then I'll jump down. Starting at verse 5, this is, Look, I now teach you these decrees and regulations just as the Lord my God commanded me, so that you may obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. Obey them completely, and you will display your wisdom and intelligence among the surrounding nations. When they hear all these decrees, they will ex exclaim, how wise and prudent are the people of this great nation. Pause. I'm going to jump down to verse 9. Now, what you just heard right there is he was saying to them, you need to teach the word of God to your people. You need to share this. Why? It's going to make you look good. Who doesn't want to look good? Right? Now, I know that's not the basis of it, but if we start there, who doesn't want to look good? Who doesn't want to look smarter than they are? 
right? I mean, just look like it. I, I can do that, okay? The glasses, that's the start. You know what I mean? Thank you, thank you. <laughs> so you go down to verse 9, and it says this. But watch out. Be careful never to forget what you yourselves have seen. Do not let these memories escape from your mind as long as you live. And be sure to pass them on to your children and grandchildren. Never forget the day when you stood before the Lord, your God, at Mount Sinai. Now, I'm not going to go into what happened at Mount Sinai. If you know the story, then you know, right? But here's the deal. The point is this. He told them, do not forget. Do not forget to share your experiences with your children and your grandchildren. And then push them to do the same. What does that mean for us? If I've had a struggle in my life, if there's been something that I've been in need of, if there's something that I've prayed hard for, and there was a moment when I thought maybe God might not come through for me, and then he did, I need to share that with my children. I need to let them know so that when they pray hard for something and they have an expectation for something, they can trust that God will come through no matter what it looks like. How do you know? Because he did it for me. Some of our children are living in the midst of a crazy turmoil situation that we have created. And they are watching us pray to God to save us. But here's the thing. I'm going to tell you something that you might be surprised to know. They are not paying attention most of the time. They could really care less and understand what I'm saying. They care about the fact that you're crying in the room or they care about the fact that you're stressed out. But as soon as they walk away from you, all they care about is who texted them five minutes ago. They're worried about the next YouTube video. So when they grow up and you can't figure out why they don't understand that that's not the way to do it, because they weren't paying attention. They were being teenagers. They were being young adults. They were being young, period. So what we have to do is recognize that, remember that, and we have to share our experiences with the young people. Very plainly, I might add. And what, what, Seriously, very plainly. I'm saying that to some of you because I know, personally, I know that there's some things you're like, I just don't want to tell them that. And I'm not saying you have to tell them that right now. But you may want to think about telling them that before they get there. You following me? Tell them that. Talk to them about that before they get there. Honey, listen. I'm telling you right now that this could happen. Son, I'm telling you right now that this is a possibility. You need to watch out for this person. Watch out for that. You know what? I'm not going to go in there and read it, but I, I've been in Proverbs, right? And I've just been searching through, and it's talking about wisdom and how wisdom is calling out to people. But then right on the flip side of that, it talks about that other lady. It talks about the other lady who's calling out to people. And the other lady has lips of honey, you know, drippity drip. Drippity drip. <laughs> 
said, did you have to do that? Come on, bruh. Come on. You know, I'm going to stay a pastor right now, but we're going to have a talk. Because I know you wasn't like, ooh, when you was checking out that girl. You know what I'm saying? You was like, hey, why are you playing? Why are you playing? See, they see me say it. I'm older. They're like, ew. But, you know. But, <laughs> but here's the deal. Us as men, right, if you have sons, you have to tell them, hey, 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 I know that that looks enticing, but I'm telling you that that is a pitfall, right? Young ladies, right? Moms letting their daughters know that, hey, he may seem nice. He may appear to be good, but really he is a wolf in sheep's clothing. How do I know? Right? Because that's the first thing. Mom, how do you know? You don't know. Yes, I do. Your dad was one, right? <laughs> Some of y'all know. Some of y'all know. Look, Tom back there like, shh, 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 shh. <laughs> Lena's like, mm-mm, my husband was not a wolf in sheep clothing. Not Tommy. <laughs> But listen to me. We have to share our experiences, right? It's in the word. We have to teach our young people. Second point, a foundation built on God. We have to have a foundation that's built on God. Built. The foundation has to be built with and on God. Has to be all mixed up in there, 100%. And if you do that, you hear scriptures like raise them up in the way that they should go, and they will. Real loud, just somebody give it real loud. They will not depart. Why? Because you set a good foundation. I'm not going to go deep into that scripture, but it doesn't mean raise them up in the way you want them to go. That's, that's not what it says. It says raise them up in the way they should go. What does that mean? Fill them with the word of God. Give them a powerful foundation on which they can stand on, on which they can build upon. I'll even go on further, right? You've got the scripture where it talks about the, the house being built on the sand. If we, do not build, if we do not help the young people build on a solid foundation, as they get older, they will find that their house begins to crumble. What they are building is beginning to be washed away, and they can't understand why. I was raised a Christian. I went to church every day of my life when I was growing up. House of cards, Right? If it's not a solid foundation, all you're doing is giving them a good YouTube show. Let's go to the word. Genesis chapter 18, verse 19 is where we're going to be at. I'll give you a chance to go there. We are going to be in the amplified version this time. Amplified. So if you're on your devices, then you'll be able to go there with me. If you are not... Just follow along. It, it should say the same thing. <laughs> or close to, I should say. 
So, right here, we're getting into the land of Abraham. All right? We're getting into his story. Verse 19, it starts here. It says, For I have known, chosen, acknowledged him as my own, so that he may teach and command his children and the sons of his household after him, Paul's, Malachi, will you get me a water, please? (laughs) I'm going to start again. For I have known, chosen, acknowledged him as my own, so that he may teach and command his children. I paused there for a reason because I wanted you to take in the fact and the idea that it is an expectation. It is an expectation that we teach and command our children and the sons of his household. So it doesn't just stop at our children. The other day, I loved this. I was out in the foyer and Miss Lana, she came up and she was like, Pastor Dwayne, she was like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, for what, Miss Lana? And she's like, listen, I just want you to know, I don't mean any disrespect. I don't want to, I don't want to. And I was like, it's okay. What's, what's going on? And she goes, I told your kids that they needed to get out of that room and quit playing. And I, I just meant, and I, and I was like, Miss Lana, you're okay. I said, you could have whooped my kids' tails and I'd have been okay with it. <laughs> I mean, listen, I don't know about you, but I grew up, I grew up where there was moms in the church, or there might just been a mom in the church that you knew it wasn't your mom, but for sure you could be disciplined by this mom. You know what I mean? Some of y'all, no, see, some of y'all don't understand it was, it was one of these numbers. You like, ah, ah. Come on. <laughs> ah, ah, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, because you seen her walking through. It wasn't your mama. It was that mama, right? Well, here's the deal. You know, I also grew up, you know, when I was a young person in the church I went to, one thing that uh, uh, the, the, the pastor, the mom, pastor of the church, she used to always say, uh, it takes, what does it take, a, a, a village, right? So here's the deal. When you, when, you, when you build that foundation, follow me here, when you build that foundation, when other people, and I'm getting ahead of myself, when other people hold your children accountable to that, it's not a surprise. There's, there's no question. Because it's that same foundation. The kid ain't going to be like, what are you talking about? No, they're going to be like, oh, shoot, you've been talking to my mom. No, no. They've been talking to God. And right here, this is what this is. What this is. It's command his children and the sons of his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is righteous and just. By doing. What is righteous and justice? Ooh, let me get that right. 
righteous, and just, so that the Lord may bring upon Abraham what he has promised him. I just, I'm sorry. I, uh, this is a side note. I just read it, and it hit me. So that the Lord may bring upon Abraham what he has promised him. That just hit me. That wasn't even a part of the message, but it should be. Here's the deal. If you will raise up your children, pause, I'm going to say it another way. If you don't raise up your children in the way that you're supposed to, then you are not only affecting them, but you're affecting you. That's what this just says right here. Let me read it again to you. Uh, so that he may teach and command his children and the sons of his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is righteous and just, so that the Lord may bring upon Abraham what he has promised him. God had a promise for him. But if Abraham didn't raise up his children the right way, then he would be affecting the promise. You have a job to do, and it's not about you. What? I think I've preached that before. Simply that. It's not about you. It was a whole message. If you missed it, go look it up. So let's look. So when you start talking about raising your children a certain way, it's like, oh, well, okay, well, your kids should look a certain way, right? I'm going to use me in as, as an example, right? Oh, it's the pastor, Pastor Dwayne, Pastor Dwayne and the Grants. The Grants, Pastor Dwayne. Wait a second. I am Pastor Dwayne, but I am an individual, and my, each one of my kids are individuals, okay? Now, I'm not giving a pass. Please understand. But what we do have to understand is, is this. I can do, and I'm, I'm, giving you, I'm giving you a little bit of a pass because, you know, I use it too, you know what I'm saying? I can do all that I know to do to raise up my kids the right way, and then it's their choice to stray away or walk away or do whatever they want to do. But we go back to the word where it says, start with that foundation, and they will return to it. They will. But in the meantime, what I'm trying to say to you is, is that perfection is not the goal. You may pursue perfection, i.e. Jesus Christ, not the Kardashians or the Stallones. The only reason I'm saying that because I've seen they have reality TV shows. <laughs> I mean, like, you're not looking for perfection based off of someone else. You're looking for perfection based off of Jesus. So therefore, you, it's not a pursuit of like you're just not trying to be perfect in your family. You're not looking to have a perfect family. It's never going to happen. But you can pursue perfection. Jesus Christ, you can pursue him. And in that pursuit, you will see other things unfold. Abraham's family was far from perfect. Yet somehow they were the family that like started it all, right? They were the family that Jesus chose. They're the family that came, uh, that produced or, or had the tribe, the 12. That's the family. And if you've read your Bible, you know that that family was far from perfect. 
Let's look at a few of them. So, Abraham had the son, right? The promised child. The one that God said would come. Wouldn't you think, tell me, wouldn't you think if God was like, this is the child that I'm giving you. This is the one, Malachi. <laughs> You're like, hallelujah. Mm. He is going to be close to Jesus Christ. I just know it. And then he come out and he's not. And you're like, you gave me the wrong one, sir. <laughs> is, is it a 30-day return on this? <laughs> I'm not talking about my son. My son is perfect. My, my Malachi. <laughs> no, not that one either. You're good too. <laughs> they say, he, he said, you're good. You're good. No. So listen. So there we are, and we realize that, wait a second, God gave me this promise, but it's not perfect. Like, who cares? Let's look at, let's look at Isaac, shall we? So Isaac was not perfect in and of himself, and then he turns around and he has twins. He has two boys, one Esau and one Jacob. Well, these cats, was, they was messed up early on, you know? You had one, one who was just careless. Anybody know about, anybody got a, a kid that's a little careless? You're like, what are you thinking? Right? And then the other one's a liar. He's just flat out a liar. You're looking at one like, what were you thinking? The other one's like, he didn't do it. He didn't do it. And he's, he's standing there with the paintbrush in his hand like, what he said. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I just, you have these two sons and they were not perfect. They were far from it. And I'm just painting you a picture here. I'm trying to show you and tell you that in a family, a family is not perfect. But the, the point is for us to pursue God. It is for us to set a foundation for them so that they have something to build off of. So let's look a little bit closer. Jacob, he grows up. We all know he grows up and, and he, be, he puts God first. How do I know? Let's look into the scripture. Genesis chapter 35. Join me, Amplified Version. Genesis chapter 35, verses 1 through 4. I'm going to give you a couple seconds to get there. All of the scripture is posted behind me, and it may read a little bit different there as well, simply because... Um, I use Amplified version, and then there's the Amplified, I don't know, some other, it's like an added version. So here it goes. Then God said to Jacob, go up to Bethel and live there and make an altar there to God who appeared to you in a distinct manifestation when you fled years ago from Esau, your brother. Then Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, check that out. Jacob right here is about to get it right. Jacob said to his household and all who were with him, get rid of the idols and the images of foreign gods that are among you and ceremonially Purify yourselves and change into fresh clothes. 
Then let us get up and go up to Bethel, and I will make an altar there to God who answered me in the day of my distress and has been with me wherever I have gone. Pause. You see a few things happen there. You see Jacob stand up and be the man of God that he's been called to be. Then you also see him doing what? Setting that, setting that foundation and sharing his experience. Everything I've already said. He's sharing his experience when he says this. Then let us go up to, da, da, da. yes, go up to Bethel and I will make an altar there to God who answered me in the day of my distress and has been with me wherever I have gone. He shared his experience. Now, I know some of us may have breezed over that part, but the fact is, is that when he said, God has been with me through all of my distress, his family knows what he's been through. Anybody here been through something and you say to somebody else, hey, listen, I'm telling you what, if you follow God, he will be with you because he's been with me through everything. And they look at you and they say, everything? And you're like, yes, everything. And they're like, ooh. Because they know what you've been through. They know what he had been through. And so he's like, hey, hey, listen to me. We're going to go do this. And everybody's like, okay. It wasn't just his family. It wasn't just the few. No, he took everybody. And when you get into the word and you read, you understand that they had multiple servants. They had families that were traveling with them just because they were the people to be around. I mean, I don't know, whatever, right? But they, he told everybody, and this was the expectation for everyone that was with them. Let's continue. It says, so they gave Jacob all the idols and images of the foreign gods they had, and the rings which were in their ears, worn as charms against evil. And Jacob buried them under the oak tree near Shechem. And they went on. Next point. Let's display the foundation. And, well, display the foundation, and accountability shores up the foundation. Display the foundation and accountability shores up the foundation. What does that mean? I'm going to go back, right? Let's see. You see in, in the, what scripture was that? I think it was Deuteronomy. You don't got to go back there. But you see there where it talks about him displaying. Well, it doesn't say display, but he did this. He does certain things. It tells us that we need to do certain things, right? When we're, when we're living for God, when we're doing the things that we're supposed to be, I mean, well, when we're told to do the things we're supposed to do, if we do them, do them in front of your children. Do them in front of your family purposely. I have a, a just, I'm not going to share somebody else's testimony because it, it was really good. But I know in my family, I do the same thing. But it was awesome to hear that one of our people here, they, they make it a point to pray in front of their family, in front of their children. And so their children decided they want to pray with them. 
And then it went one more step further that this, the child, when they weren't with their parent, decided they needed to pray anyway. And we're talking about a child. We're not talking about a teenager. We're talking about a child. They go to grandma's house and they're like, grandma, I need to pray before I go to bed. And they go and grandma can, they can hear them praying. That is beautiful. Why? Because the parent displayed that action. I was like, my kids don't even come ask me to pray, man. What am I doing wrong? But let's continue to look. Though we may understand, check this out, though we may understand putting God first is important, we cannot, we cannot neglect holding our family accountable. We cannot. We understand, I believe everybody understands that putting God first. We, honey, you got to put God first. We need to put God first, blah, 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 right? But then do we hold them accountable to do so? Ah, I venture to say sometimes we probably don't. Why? Because life is already hard enough with a teenager. You don't want to make it extra harder by telling them they need to pray. I mean, I'm just keeping it real. But we should anyway. We should go and knock on the door and be like, hey, what are you doing? YouTube again? Yeah, why don't you take a second and read your Bible? Oh, my gosh, man. whatever, dad. What? And I'm not saying my kid does that. My kid doesn't do that. Usually when I open the door, my daughter's reading her Bible. <laughs> she back there like, I can't stand him. She, she really does read her Bible. Does she, Abigail? Abigail knows. They, they got their little, their little uh, what is it, the little Bible thing y'all do? Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Noah's like, we do that too, pastor. The fellas over here, we, I know, I know, I know y'all. But listen, I'm just saying, hold them accountable. You know, as a matter of fact, they will come to expect it. What happens then? What happens when they expect for you to come? Do, do, do. Open the door and they're like, I'm reading, I'm praying. Oh, good, good, good. Right? Let's look at the scripture. Joshua 24, verse 15, amplified version, and I'm wrapping it around here. Joshua 24, verse 15. It says this. It's amplified again. If it is unacceptable in your sight to serve the Lord, check this out. Listen, I want you to, what I'm about to read here is kind of gangster, okay? For some of you parents who are, look, look, John's already reading ahead. Don't read ahead, John. Don't read it. I can see you. <clears throat> Still in my thunder. No, seriously. I love this because this is a solid. I love this. This is a solid parent right here. If this was a parent, this is a solid parent. If it is acceptable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You feel me? I love that. 
I, lo- I, feel, like, I feel like that gave me uh, the right to speak to my kids just a little bit more stern. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Oh, you, you think you're going to do so-and-so? Well, guess what, boo-boo? As for me and my house, we going to serve the Lord. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm joking. I, would, I wouldn't tell them to get out. No, that, I wouldn't do that because Pastor Chancey would be at my door like, that's, <laughs> yeah, my wife wouldn't let me either. But that's what the word says. We have to stand and we have to hold them accountable. As for me and my house, you're going to be here. As for me and my house, if I'm going to pay for you. As for me and my house, if I'm going to take care of you. As for me and my house, all that I am concerned with, take care of and do for, we are going to serve the Lord. Right? Example. Anybody here heard of David? Right? You heard of David? He's a man. He's my hero. I love David. You know what I'm saying? King David, when he was 16, God was like, you're going to be a king. Like, who does? What 16? Boys, which one of y'all want God to come and tell you you're going to be like the man, right? Like, you're going to be, yeah. (laughs) You like, yes! Walking around letting everybody know, like, hey, I'm a king. Nope. I don't mean that figuratively. What I'm saying is, I'm the man. Get ready for it because it's coming. You know what I mean? Like, that's the way you're going to live, right? But so David, he was a little bit more humble than that. <laughs> that's, why he, that's why he's my hero. He did, it, he did it the right way until he got into his early 20s, maybe 30s. You know what I'm saying? Then he started acting up. But here's the point. We're talking about raising a family. Stay focused, people. I know. <laughs> My wife said, uh, you're the one that needs to stay focused. You're right. I told you. I like David. But listen, so David, he did all of this. He raised his family. He, he ruled a kingdom. But what he could not get, he, he kind of failed as, as, a, as a dad in some areas. You know what I mean? And here's the thing. I don't, let me restate that. Because if I say that about him, then I'm really casting some major judgment on myself, right? And I don't want that. So he didn't necessarily fail, right? He just, he had some struggles with raising his kids because I believe he gave them a foundation and they just didn't quite follow, right? So he's got a few kids, uh, Amnon, Tamar, and Absalom. There's a whole story behind that and I won't go into it, but in this story, there was like some incest, there was some rape, there was some, you know, like trying to murder him type stuff going on. Like they were literally trying to take out their dad, right? Because they wanted the kingdom. And it was like, I know David had to be thinking to himself, where did I go wrong here? Like, where did I go wrong in this situation? But here's the thing. He didn't stop. It didn't stop him from pursuing God. It didn't stop him from letting them know that this is not the way it's done. This is the way it's done. And did he discipline them? Absolutely he did. But he didn't do it when he should have. And because he didn't do it when he should have, it continued to spiral out of control at some times, at some points. So what am I saying to you? We have to hold our children accountable. 
We have to. So, last one. Interceding maintains the foundation. So we talked about so far, and this is the last one, like I said, we talked about sharing your experiences, building a foundation on God to display the foundation, and then holding our families accountable to that foundation, and now interceding. You remember when I talked about the kid being like, I don't have to worry about it, I can do what I want to, and they go out and you're like there trying to clean up after them? That, in a sense, that's not exact, but that, in a sense, is us interceding. But if we do, if we do intercession correctly, then what we, will, what we will end up seeing is, what we can end up seeing is preventative maintenance. Preventative maintenance. If we, will, if we will get out in front of them, if we will pray for them, if we will do some of the things uh, that they maybe don't want, like, for instance, I don't know if it was my mom that did this or if I just had the idea to do it, but this was a thought. I was like, we had this little bear that my kids had, and, and uh, you know, you could press the button, and it'd be like, oh, I'm tired. I'm going to play a, a song, you know, and then start playing music and hope you hope that it put them to sleep. But then there was another button that you could push where you could talk to them. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to read my kids scripture as they go to sleep. So they're very like, ah, oh, I'm tired. And they'd be like, and the Lord said, right? And it'd be me reading scripture to them. Now, I never did it, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> calm down. I said it was an idea. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> Amanda's over like, she over like, he lying right now. He about to get struck because he didn't do that. Listen, I said it was an idea. And I said my mom might have did it. I couldn't remember. But listen, it's a great idea. What we did and what we have done is we have turned on the Bible app, you know, New Living Translation where it's got that nice settling music in the background, you know, and it starts to read the scripture. Just don't put it on one of those ones where it talks about people getting cut up and stuff like that. That's just, that could be rough, you know, <laughs> having nightmares like, ah, stay focused. Okay, I'm closing here. Interceding, interceding right? If we will do things like read the scripture to them, or like my wife, she will sing. She'll turn all the lights out there in the bed, and she'll just walk the hallway and sing songs of worship to them. That's interceding. If we pray for them, that's interceding. If we will show up in the time of need, that's interceding. And when I say show up in the time of need, I don't mean showing up as a Karen. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about showing up as a woman of God, a man of God, and, and speaking life and praying over the situation, right? Showing them that God is real, encouraging them to believe that God can, that he will. That's intercession. Let's read Job 
And we all know Job. Job was the man that lost it all. Lost it all. What a struggle. But before he did, let's look. Job chapter 1, verse 5. It says, His sons used to go in turn and feast in the house of each one on his day. That means they would have dinner together at different one's house. And they would send word and invite their three sisters to eat. Now listen, everything that I have said to you up to this point is happening here. Everything, right? Even stuff that I just talked about. Eating dinner together. You know what I'm saying? Like simple things. It says, they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When the days of their feasting were over, Job would send for them and consecrate them. Job would consecrate his grown children. Rising early in the morning and offering burnt offerings according to the number of them all. He was giving offerings on behalf of his children. I'm just going to leave that with you to think about. He, it's bad enough sometimes that we have to try to do things for ourselves. Time in prayer. What if you spent your time in prayer and then went and spent time in prayer just for your children? Each one individual. I don't know about you, that's a lot of time for me. But if we did, I'm just being honest because I know it's real. But what if we did? Man. It says for each one of them he did this. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned. It may be. He didn't even know. He said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. So I need to make sure that I intercede on their behalf. Man, oh man. Four points today. Share your experiences with your children. Make sure you're building a godly foundation Display that foundation in front of them. You have to live that way. It is expected that you will live that way. And then hold them accountable. Let me tell you, the only way you're going to be able to hold them accountable is if you're living that way. So you can't be like, you need to do this. Well, you don't do it. We're not talking about me right now. Yes, we are. If you're talking about, you know, if I'm talking about Emmanuel, I'm talking about me. Period. If I'm talking about any one of my kids, I am talking about me. And then intercede for them. Pray for them. Go before God before them. Why? Because they might have sinned. Some of us know what our kids are doing. But even if you don't know, pray for them. Intercede for them. We're talking about families that desire to stay together. Families 
that we hope will be built strong. I'm not talking about perfection. No person is perfect aside from Jesus Christ. We can pursue him so in we are pursuing perfection. But we cannot make the mistake of believing that we are going to reach perfection. Therefore, there's grace needed. That means that we have to trust God for some things that we don't see. That means we have to put our faith in him. When our family doesn't look the way we would like it to look, but we know that there have been promises, we have to hold on to those promises. And let me tell you right now, if you've got young kids, the way you know you can hold on to those promises is because you know you built solid foundations. If, I'm, if, if you're here today and you know you've built a solid foundation, then guess what? Hold fast. Hold fast. Trust that they will come back to that that you poured into them. If you've not even got to that place, I am begging you today. To take the time to shape these young people in the fashion of God. Read the Bible to them. Who cares if they don't understand it? The Bible says that it does not go out and come back void. That is a guarantee if you've ever heard one. It's a guarantee. If you pour it in, there is no way in the world that you will not see it will, that it won't make a difference. It will make a difference. Trust God. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you and we praise you for your principles, your precepts. We thank you, God, that you've given us your word. We thank you that you've given us promises that if we will follow your word, if we will teach your word, if we will command with your word, that the things that you have told us will come to pass. Life, abundant life, salvation, freedom, mercy, grace, love. All of these things can be had, experienced within each one of us individually, but in our family as a whole. God, I just pray right now that if there's anybody under the sound of my voice that don't know you as their Lord and Savior, if they've heard this message, Lord God, and they're like, man, I don't even know where to start because I don't even know God. Or maybe... Maybe there's somebody here that's like, yeah, I've heard, I've heard about God and I know I've been to church and all that good stuff, but yeah, I don't got this stuff down good enough to be trying to teach my family or raise my family this way.
God, if there's anybody here right now, Father, I pray that you would stir in their heart. Stir in their heart, Lord. I, I believe you've already been stirring in their heart. I just pray right now, Lord God, that you would press on them to make a decision. If you're here and that, that's you, I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. But I am going to ask that you would raise your hand just to make an outwardly profession. So that you can say to yourself, I know that I'm in error and I know that I need help. It's just you saying to yourself, I know this, I get this, and I need to do better. I want to stand in prayer with you. I'm not going to ask you to come up front, but I want to stand in prayer with you. And I will pray with you every single time you show up. You can send in a, a, a comment card and ask for prayer, and we will stand with you. And here is what I know. My God is faithful to answer these prayers. If there's anybody under the sound of my voice on Facebook or YouTube or anywhere that might watch this later, same thing goes for you. I just want to pray with you right now. I'm not going to ask you to repeat after me. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Father, I pray for the person that is in need of you that wants to know you more, that wants to be able to raise their family up with a strong foundation. Lord God, I pray that you would begin to teach them, pour into their hearts. Lord God, begin to show them your word. Make it plain to them so that they can build that foundation. Holy Spirit, give them strength so that they can live that foundation, so that they can display it. Touch their hearts. Help them to know that your grace is sufficient. And so just because they didn't live that way their whole life, your grace is sufficient enough to cover them so that when they go to hold their children accountable, they don't have to feel guilt and regret for who they were. But they can say, I'm transformed, and therefore I'm holding you accountable so that you never have to go through what I went through. Lord God, strengthen them. Strengthen them in their prayer time so that they would intercede on behalf of their family members. God, I pray that right now the person that I'm praying for, Lord God, I pray that they, will, they are going to be a full-blown, God-loving, Bible-toting, prayer-warrior-being Christian. And that they will live this life out strong, full, in the name of Jesus. And anybody else that is here that desires for that prayer for themselves, just receive it. It's that simple. Just be in agreement with me today that you will be that person. You will be the person who will stand, who will intercede, who will, who will walk this life out in front of your family. And you will see your family change and transform right before your eyes. God, have your way in your people. Minister to them as we leave today. Be with them. If there's anybody here that desires prayer as we close, please come up and we will have somebody pray with you. God, have your way. We love you. We praise you. And we all said amen and amen. Thank you, everyone, for being here, for joining us on our family service day. We love you here at the Body Dayton, and we look forward to seeing you again. If you do not have a church, and you're looking for a home church, we would love to have you be here with us every Sunday. God bless you.